Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. We're broadcasting live from the Accurate Booth at, in Vegas for SHRM 23. Tally, please introduce yourself to the audience. Thank you, William. Surely. I'm Tolly Rappaport. That's T-A-L-I. It's, for, it's, yeah. It's, for everyone scoring at home. <laughs> it's great. It's great to be at SHRM in this jammed building. This place is it's packed. It's huge, isn't yeah, it? It's I mean, great. seriously, like they have different zip codes yeah. for parts of the building. It's just massive. Yeah. There's a hyperloop that you can take from one, <laughs> I'm not kidding, from the wet, from the west, we're in the west hall right now, yeah. to the north hall, you can actually take a Tesla. That's awesome. I'm not joking. That's I did great. it yesterday, I'm like, just for kicks to see what it was like. Yeah. Like, this is a Tesla. Yeah. It's, it feels like I'm looping through time between two years ago and today, but I'm here, I'm a co-founder of Puck a recruiting tech company and excited to be here with so many talent and HR professionals in what is a very different world today. Oh, 100%. It's crazy. So tell us a little bit about Puck. What, do you, what problem are you solving? 90% of people don't look at job descriptions and 100% of job descriptions are anonymous, obviously. And we find that on the talent attraction side, people are still struggling to connect with what are they doing and what's the work. And at the same time, even the application process doesn't really meet people where they are, from mobile accessibility to password creation, all the way through to the interview process, where a lot of folks see it today on engagement, people not showing up for interviews, not showing up for first days. And so we like to say we take the surprise out of it. I actually published a, an article today in Forbes about this, and there's just too many surprises. Right. The there should be process. no surprises. You're it should not, be boring. Yeah, exactly. You're not really trying to surprise people on the job very no. often. No. So why surprise them in the interview process? It's like surprises if you go back to the dating the dating cycle that you might have had. Surprises aren't good. <laughs> surprises aren't good. They don't yeah. work out. You communicate what you're thinking, what you're yeah. feeling, what you want to do, and you telegraph. Yeah. Okay. Good? No? Good? Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. No surprises. I love that. So, do you came two years ago? I think it was... Two, two or three years ago, it was canceled. Right. Yes. yes. So that's the one I was referring to. But, yes. But I think just the talent world has gone in this huge sort of change in direction, right? Yep. It's like there was a V recovery, and then there was a crash in knowledge work, and hourly work is in a different situation, still struggling. And so... It's the craziest recession ever. We've just seen our... We've seen a lot of whiplash in, yep. in like our customer base in keeping up with the latest trends. So where does your data, uh, like connectivity-wise, where does your data need to inform other things? Yeah. So what we do is actually take over the career sites okay. for yeah, our yeah. customers and then also provide... You a, build them as well? Well, we build them, provide the career sites, and then provide a like authentic content layer yeah. that goes through the interview process, interview guides, or like through a lightweight CRM. Is it personalized to the candidate? It can be. Yeah, there's some companies cool. that get that far. That's dope. And we see tens of thousands of jobs going through our system. And so we see the ups and downs and also the changes right. in right. how companies are handling it. It's a market. So, right. But you got to have somebody that has a pulse Absolutely. on the market. Absolutely, yeah. And I actually started Puck with my co-founders three and a half years ago after leaving Lyft. At a time, I was there at a time when we onboarded a million drivers. So I've seen a lot of the market dynamics and how you have to keep up with things. Oh, yeah. What did you do at Lyft? I ran the product team while I was there. No way. I love Lyft. I'm Thank a you. huge Lyft fan. I met your CHRO at the time, this years ago, but your CHRO and your VP of Talent Acquisition, they were at a conference in Seattle. 
Oh, cool. And it's called Town 42. And they were speaking, and I was speaking, and I got to know them. And I was an Uber person before that, Evil Empire. So after that, <laughs> I deleted my Uber app, and yes. I got the Lyft app. I haven't been back since. Thank I mean, I, you. Even yesterday, when I struggled to get my car, I'm like, I'm not going to download Uber. I'm just not going to do it. Sorry I'm about that. I'm not going to get my money. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no. I love the product. I actually love the company and just the approach. Yeah. There was a time, I think, probably three years ago, pre-COVID, where I was in Vegas, and they had, it wasn't just driverless cars, yeah. but it was a, that type of experience. Right. They were mapping. And so they, literally, I got off, I got out of Caesars, I think it was, and they were like, hey, you want a driverless? Not a driverless car. I can't remember yeah. what it was. A self-driving car. Self-driving, yeah. whatever. So I'm like, yeah. It was like a BMW 7 Series. I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's do that. Yeah. What could go wrong? Still had someone in the driver's seat, so. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> There's still a pedal, yeah, gas, right. steering wheel. No, we're good. There's just somebody with a computer kind of mapping all the yeah. stuff. All right, so a couple things. Uh, first of all, thanks for telling us about Puck. This sounds fantastic. Thanks for having me. I want to ask you a little bit about the things that happen in the pre-hire experience. Yeah. So in the pre-hire experience, you got some assessments, you've got screening, you've got background checks, you've got yeah. skills testing, et cetera. Yeah. How do you look at that globally? Yeah. What does that look like from, again, you're dealing with a lot of TA folks, yeah. trying to have a better, get them to have a better experience right. for their candidates. Yeah. But you still want to manage fraud and yeah. manage some of the compliance issues, et cetera. Yeah. So, how does that look like a global, a global experience? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. On the global side, one of the things that we see that's most important with global hiring is you're not going to have just one culture that's informing the job description. And that's, oh, the, that's cool. the, the front thing that you put out. And there was actually a session in Sherm about hiring a Hispanic workforce, and the guy spent 15 minutes talking about the words we use. Yeah. And so I think there are a lot of companies where you have some rules and some guidelines around what, how you put in job descriptions. And it is good for talent to be in the position of flagging things like, hey, this, this might be a different word. This might have a different connotation. And X was the one that was top yep. of mind in the Hispanic yep. workforce session. But I think one of the things that talent leaders are always empowered to do is add additional context. And I think even if you can't necessarily change a job description to, to reflect something, whether it's because of union laws right. or union rules, excuse me, you can add. And people, and particularly in, in local languages, so we see that happening a lot now, where a job description might be in English, but someone has something like that. that's a Spanish language add-on. I like that a lot. They're again, meeting them where they are, Meeting right? them where they are, you exactly. Know? I think one of the fails that we have with job descriptions, there's several, we're not going to solve it today, but the thing that I've discomfort I've had with employer branding folks for a number of years now is I don't think that a brand should just attract. Right. I think a brand should attract and repel. Yeah. So I remember seeing a billboard in Silicon Valley and it was software engineer $285,000 and it was like four, it was four things and a link. And when I was driving and I'm like, okay, that's not me. Yeah. That's not for me. Yeah. That's not me. That's not for me. I don't need to look at that. Yeah. That repelled me. And the word repel has, yeah. it's, maybe, it's a, maybe it's too much for folks. Yeah. But the idea is, I don't want 20,000 people to apply to the job. Totally. I just want the right people to apply to the job. Yeah. Although I'm sure it wasn't the $280,000 that repelled you. No, the $280,000 <laughs> in Silicon Valley is yeah. poverty level. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I, I think that's right on. And the, the hardest thing, I think, from a TA perspective is to try and get whether it's an assessment of the job description to match the job. Right. But when you do a good job of that, the 
actually think there's a ton of benefit down funnel. You get the right people in the door. Right. Should you always start over? Like a, I have a blank screen mentality. So yeah. should you just, instead of going on the server and finding yeah. the last time you had a marketing manager and yeah. delivering that job description? Yeah. I'm not on the blank screen. We say start and edit. I'm yeah. an editor ah, rather than very on nice. the blank screen. Nope, totally understand. And there's with ChatGPT though, generating content today. Not gonna be a problem. Is really quick. Not gonna be a problem. I did my, yeah. my when you die the obituary. So oh, I did yeah. my I said under 500 words or less. Write William Tincup's obituary, and it just it probably 85 percent of it spot on. Oh wow! It's amazing, crazy, and it starts off is with great sadness. This is like a real obituary. <laughs> so I told my wife. I'm like, hey, I got the obituary. Yeah. It's done. Whenever I die, it's going to be super easy. You just plug it in the chat. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's too dark. That's way too dark. I need you to come back down. I need to ask you about the candidate experience because of yeah. your customers, what they see in the candidate experience and what you want to create in the candidate experience yeah. is this, I would say paradox, but let's just say it's this employer's desires and expectations and the candidate's expectations and desires. I was talking to somebody last week. They're like, Hey, this is in professional, so they're counting. And they're like, we've been dealing with candidates now that want everything soup to nuts to be done within 21 days. From the first moment they contact us to offer letter in 21 days. This is an hourly talent. This isn't Taco Bell. That expectation has been an hourly for quite a while. This is salaried employees. So the question is, how do you balance that candidate experience and what they want? They want fast. And maybe you want fast, but how do you balance those things out? Yeah, that's a great question. My, the best practice we see is similar to what you said about Signal, is to bring it all the way to the front and be really transparent about how you're going to be different. So using the 21 day example, if you say your process is really six weeks, right. candidates want 21 days. So maybe at the beginning of the process, you don't say anything today. I think an alternate approach that we see happen and some of our customers using Puck to make this happen, but it doesn't need to be through Puck, is to say up front, our process takes six weeks. This is what's happening. This is what you can expect. And even at a small level, one of the reasons we see candidates ghosting interviews is they don't know how long they're going to last. I know that sounds funny, right. but a lot of interviews say, particularly for hourly work, say, yeah. like, show up at 11 a.m. But if I have other responsibilities and I don't know if I'm going to be there till 2 or 3 p.m., I might decide that that, that doesn't make sense for me. It's the communication part that I like, the setting of expectations, yeah. but also it's it, with hourly letting them know, hey, you know what? You could do this in bits and bytes. Right. Like, we, why don't you go on the app, fill out this thing right here, and yeah. it's going to be a pre-screen. Totally. It takes you 15 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, five minutes. You yeah. can just do it while you're waiting in line somewhere. And you know what? If it works out and you need to interview, it's going to be in less than an hour. Yeah. Totally. We'll, do it over, we'll do it over Zoom or we'll do it at the location, whatever is comfortable for you. Like, yeah. you can, again, make things about them yeah. as opposed to, this is the argument I give them with a lot of HR recruiting people, is your process doesn't matter. It's their process. You're totally right. And to that point, actually, going back to the knowledge work, it's actually an opportunity to sell it. Look, right. our process is six weeks, but maybe you get to meet the VP of your team. Maybe you get to get some additional insight to how the company's doing, which for some folks that are taking jobs, 
means that they'll be a little bit more empowered. Right. There's a little bit more ownership. There is a way to sell it, but it's just about front-loading that communication. I love it. Drops mic, walks off stage. Yeah. Tally, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we're out. <laughs>